0: Hi, my name is Sean Linden. I'm the writer and director of uh, Hunter Hunter, and you are listening to the Horror Squad Podcast.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Squad Podcast. This is episode number 310, where tonight we are going to be talking about pet cemetery bloodlines from 2023 our very last review for 2023 before of course our year ender next week but happy new year everybody what are we at new year's eve when this episode releases or somewhere close to that that. so happy new year everyone of course is our last episode before 2024 So, yeah, it's been quite a year. We will reflect on all of it, of course, in next week's Year Ender episode. We are unfortunately toddless tonight. He is feeling under the weather, so we wish him uh, the best and a speedy recovery. He should be back for next week's episode, our, of course, Year Ender list. But uh, I, of course, am here always with Steve. And Steve, I think we have movie club coming up uh, this week.
0: We do. Uh, so on Friday, the day this episode releases, we have our final movie club of the year and we're going to do a double feature because we missed the last month because I was sick and it was just like a whole thing. So we're going to watch Shingles, the movie and Hell 3, two 2023 films, closing off the 2023 list uh, for me personally. Uh, I have about three films left. I want to watch those two and Godzilla minus one, which I'm seeing tonight, actually. So I'm um, looking forward to that. And I have to first, before we get into it, congratulate myself on winning trivia this year. By Todd not being here, he obviously is making me win by default, so I'm the champion. No, I'm kidding. We I wouldn't do that. Like I, I think that's totally unfair. So we're gonna have our final showdown on next next week's episode on our big top ten of the year list, which I'm super excited about. Uh, I've been working hard this year. <laughs> I really put in the, put in the time this year to make a list worthy of putting up and still i don't even know if it's that good which is kind of sad but it is what it is
1: yeah yeah it's yeah well i mean we'll get into it you know next week but i'm having a tough time scraping together like my bottom few movies in the top 10 so yeah 2023 hopefully 2024 will be a little better we shall see but i don't know what the actor strike that went on i don't know what the hell we'll get as far as like especially like when it comes to some of the more i guess relatively non-mainstream movies but you know we'll see hopefully something good arises next year once again a call to arms everybody please send us your top 10 list for 2023 you can email us the horror squad podcast at gmail.com post it on discord send us a dm through any of our socials whatever you want to do Send us those top 10 lists. Without you guys, we won't have a master list. So very important to get your lists in so we can have an ultimate master list. So we can really determine what was the best movie of 2023. I think there were only a couple of contenders this year. So, um, but I'm interested to see what everyone has. I'm really interested to see, honestly, what everyone's going to have sort of in that bottom five, because I feel like that's really where things start to drop off and it really could be anything. So maybe some stuff I haven't seen yet that I can check out early next year and whatnot, but we shall see. I, uh, first of 2024, I think is going to be Night Swim. That movie is being heavily, heavily advertised, and it looks terrible. So It it does. It doesn't look good (laughs) at all. Like, I'm
0: not interested in it whatsoever. Uh, I'm probably going to see just what the reviews are, if I'm going to go see it or not. I think the first one on our schedule for 2024 to be actually reviewed as imaginary, which is February, I think. Okay. But if night's one gets good buzz, yeah, maybe we'll check it out. I don't think that. so. No, I, I don't I think so either.
1: <laughs> I doubt it. I have doubted very much. All right, before we get into What Watched, a couple of dates to look out for for next year. Uh, Most importantly, of course, the official Horror Squad meetup, which is going to be at Living Dead weekend, June 7th through the 9th in Monroeville, Pennsylvania, of course, where they filmed the famous Dawn of the Infamous, Dawn of the Dead. The convention is going to be taking place right in the mall where they filmed the movie. We are also planning on doing some of the other Romero filming locations while we're out there. They do a whole Romero filming location tour. So, once that, I don't think tickets have gone on sale for that, but once they do, keep an eye on our Discord. We'll let you guys know who do plan on coming out for that. Hotel I believe is still available at the actual convention location, so yeah, come on out to that. Once again, June 7th through the 9th, Monroeville, Pennsylvania. And in October, October 11th through 13th, 2024, we are planning another Hocus Pocus themed weekend in Salem, Massachusetts. A lot more info to come for that. It honestly hasn't even officially been announced yet, but we are giving you guys the first dibs to go and get your hotels and everything because that shit books fast as you guys know who maybe have ever been to salem but we wanted to give those two very important dates out now so you guys have plenty of time to go to one or both uh of the events and there'll be a lot of other things uh as well me personally i'll be hitting up monster mania in march that's march 8th through the 10th in cherry hill new jersey and i also plan on going to texas Frightmare weekend again this year which is in may 17th through the 19th in Dallas Texas area so hopefully I'll see you guys at one of our big two events or if not maybe I'll see you at a convention this year what about you Steve you plan anything else big this year any Um, conventions or anything
0: yeah I'm planning to go so they're doing a brand new Stephen King convention at the end of October in Las Vegas Nevada I do have tickets for the convention but I haven't like fully planned a trip yet I'm still kind of a wait and see what exactly they announced right now is more of a save the date. So I don't really know what is kind of entailed, but I do know that a lot of the biggest Stephen King fans and collectors are all going because my wife is like really into that community. So I'm expecting it to be something pretty big for Stephen King fans. So I have my like place. I mean, I'm not afraid of not getting a hotel in Las Vegas. So I'm not like super you know worried about that. So I'm kind of just waiting to see, but I should be there. That's the end of October. And I will be more than likely at Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando probably near the end of September this year, because the way I do it is I get an annual pass. So since it's good for one year, exactly one year, I go late September. And then a year after I go early September, so I could be on the same pass two years in a row. So that's what I'm going to do again this year. So yeah, those are the two things you could probably see me at on top, of course, of uh, Pennsylvania and uh, Salem.
1: Very cool. Well, late September that sounds you know maybe i might need to make a halloween horror nights uh return then
0: this year no, you missed um, a, bad, a good one last
1: year <laughs> yeah. Too bad. yeah yeah so yeah i'd be yeah i'd be excited to go and i get an extra week vacation this year oh, too so nice. you know might, might be in the cards might be um, in the card yeah my, yeah i got an extra week so nice. three weeks another five years i'll get four so you know keep keep plugging <laughs> along excellent we'll see what happens but uh All right, yeah, I think that's about it then. We hope to see you guys at some of those exciting events uh, next year. And I'm sure other things are going to pop up along the way for sure. So keep an eye, of course, once again, join the Discord. That's the best way to, if you haven't already, to keep up with the podcast when we're not on the pod, when you're not listening every week. You can (laughs) be part of the community every single day because there's always something exciting going on over there. All right, Steve, let's get into what watched now. What you've been watching. I know you've been you've been plugging away at that 2023 list. So I'm sure you get some of those.
0: Yeah, I'm actually going to do three tonight because since it is the last week before 2023 list, I'm going to talk about three films that maybe could go on people's lists. You know, I'm really kind of doing kind of my final push to that list. I had a list of things I wanted to watch in the last kind of month. And I've I mean, I'm down to three. So and I'm going to hit one tonight with Godzilla, which from all Everything I hear could be my number one, like just based off what I've heard. So I'm very, very curious about that movie. And these three that I'm going to talk about were also on that kind of short list that I've heard people talk about. Uh, the first one is one, quite honestly, I totally forgotten had come out this year until I was reminded recently. And that is the spinoff, uh, Bird Box Barcelona course 2023 film which is over on netflix so this film is a spanish movie of course which takes place in the same world as bird box but they're not related in any other way it's just kind of in the same place just on another continent this story is about you know it's a group of people and they're going through the apocalypse like all the others you know they're blindfolded because if the monsters uh If you see the monsters, then they make you commit suicide. That's kind of what their deal is, if you don't remember Bird Box. And pretty early on, you find out that there are some people who are immune to this. So they can see the monsters. And in fact, they can see more than the monsters. They see something that they perceive to be divine. So they become kind of this religious sect that's trying to take people out that aren't immune to this kind of monster seeing thing. And that's kind of the story is of this group trying to go from place to place, survive, and also to avoid this religious sect that's kind of going around Barcelona. So there's some good and some bad in this one. The first 30 minutes is actually really awesome. A lot of kills. It reminds you just how fucking brutal the suicides are when people see the monsters. And there's a twist, which I'm not going to say, because it is a 2023 film, pretty early in the film, that got me really interested for what would happen next, because uh, I really didn't see it coming, and I thought it was an interesting take on the Bird Box kind of mythology. Unfortunately, the other hour and 10 minutes, not a whole lot goes on, you know, it's just very predictable. It's got these long lulls where they're just kind of discussing, discussing things. The kills aren't that good anymore. Like a lot of the characters either don't die or they die in ways that aren't interesting. And honestly, it kind of lost me at that point. If you're into the Bird Box, like franchise, I guess at this point, I would recommend checking it out because it does delve deeper into the mythology. You do get to know a little bit more about what exactly is happening. Plus, you get to see kind of this religious sect and what they believe in, which is pretty fascinating. So I would watch it if you're a Bird Box fan. If you're not, if you didn't like Bird Box, I would probably avoid this one. So that's Bird Box Barcelona 2023 over on Netflix. I gave it two out of five stars.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I don't think I have a need to watch that, you know, (laughs) so I think I'll definitely pass on that one. All right, uh, my first one tonight is actually a rewatch. Didn't, you know, like I say, I kind of slacked on Christmas Horror this year, other than the movies we kind of watched uh, for the podcast. But one I did decide to watch on Christmas Eve was Better Watch Out. It's one that I've, you know, haven't watched in a long time, and I did want to revisit. And maybe one we will end up revisiting for the podcast next year or something like that. But I didn't want to wait. So, yeah, this one is about a, it's tough to kind of describe without spoiling too much, but I will say, without spoiling, it's about a young boy who kind of has an obsession with his babysitter. And one night, he decides to sort of take that obsession to, you know, dark sort of territory set around uh christmas time and a christmas backdrop i gotta say this movie held up for me really well i still thought it was great i still think there's some heavily uh there's a couple of like pretty disturbing scenes but nothing that's shown on camera it's kind of all sort of i was it's like it's not it's it's not like gory or anything like that it's all sort of implied which i thought was kind of you know, for this movie, I think it worked well. it It didn't need to kind of be you know, thrown at you. The main kid is uh, t- is great as sort of your your villain. He is a person you despise and root against, but he plays it so well. And yeah, like I said, I, I think it held out. Did I enjoy it? Did I enjoy it, though, as much as I did the first time I watched it? I think knowing, once you know all the twists and stuff that are going to come, I do think it it drops off slightly um, once you know what is coming. But overall, I think it's still great and definitely one you should watch if you haven't yet. I think it's one that's definitely underrated. You don't hear a lot of people talk about it when it comes to Christmas horror movies. And I think if you're looking for something new to watch that's set around Christmas time, I think this is definitely a great one. So that's, you uh, better watch out from 2016 and I don't even remember where I watched it, but I think it, it is definitely available somewhere. Oh, all right. And you can watch it on Tubi. It's free on Tubi. Awesome. Tubi, just the best.
0: All right, cool. So my next one is another 2023 film that I watched over on VOD and it's called Enus Men. So this is one that I just saw on a lot of lists, like people are starting to post their lists on like Twitter and on Instagram and stuff. And I'm like, I haven't heard anything about this. So, you know, I was going to, okay, I'll check it out. But before I did, I went on Letterboxd and I looked at a few of the reviews just to get an idea of what I was getting into. The very first review I see is like, this is basically a 1970s version of Marink. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like Marink, the worst movie I've ever seen in my life, quite frankly. So, but we'll get into that next week. So I don't know. I, I kind of like, maybe I won't watch it. But then I was too curious. I, I needed to know kind of why people are putting this on their top 10. So I did watch it. It's the story of a woman. She lives on an island. She's kind of a scientist. She um goes about her day every day. And she just takes notes about kind of the plants on the island and the fish life. And she's just kind of taking care of the island and studying kind of the effects of certain things on that island. It used to be a mining colony and things like that so she's just looking at the flowers and how it's recovering from that mining colony that used to be there and that's basically it. You know there's very little dialogue once in a while kind of like in The Shining she talks to people that are at the mainland on a like a CV radio but it's mostly just kind of shots of her going about her day, day after day on this island and like I said it's, it's kind of like it's made to look like it was filmed in the 70s, like a 1970s kind of documentary. But slowly, uh, you know, what is kind of the a perfect streak, like the flowers are always the same and everything's kind of the same, things start changing. And as things start changing, she starts to remember things and her time on the island is not exactly what you would expect. Like there's a twist to what she's actually there for and it's not just a scientific Um, expedition it's really something else which I won't get into again because it's a 2023 film this was definitely better than Marink*. you actually see some things there is a little bit of dialogue it is a lot of just nature shots and her doing the same thing over and over every day but it does slowly delve into something that gets into a pretty clever reveal I would say I can't and it's also 91 minutes which is way better than two hours like you know it's I was already starting to feel it after the first hour so the fact that it didn't go on another hour is probably a plus I didn't like it personally uh, I thought it was just a little bit too much of nothing but it is definitely a step up over things like Outwaters and skin and Rink in my opinion like a lot of people are making it number one of the year my opinion this is not really my jam so I gave it one and a half stars out of five, and that is Enos Men in Canada. At least it's only on VOD. I don't know in the US.
1: All righty, that's one I, I I'm still going to check out because uh, I don't know why. I just I feel like it might be more up my alley, but we'll yeah, see.
0: It, it kind of gave me lighthouse vibes a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but from the seventies perspective, as opposed to like the you know thirties, mm-hmm. uh, it's just because there's no one else really to play on off. It it was very slow <laughs> at
1: times. Yeah. 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 I'll have to to be in the right mind frame for sure for that one, but I'll I'll give it a shot. All right. My last one tonight is, unfortunately, Todd is not here, but I did finally, after months and months of holding off and slacking, I watched Dinosaur Prison, which you can watch over on Tubi. 2023 release. This one is about uh, a group of women who find themselves at a prison that we come to find is housed with these dinosaurs that are they're doing sort of these experiments on to sort of make them into even more powerful dinosaurs. Some have, you know, invisibility, you know, they come up with basically to come up with like all this technology to make these prehistoric dinosaurs even more powerful and whatnot housed by a guy who looks like Willy Wonka, who is sort of your tour guide and yeah uh, you know and that's really about it the dinosaurs do eventually of course find a way to break out of this prison and insanity ensues from there you know this is basically what you would expect from a movie titled dinosaur prison it's obviously very low budget but i will say the cgi isn't bad for like a type of movie for a really low budget movie like this like it's not great dinosaur cgi but it's acceptable you know it's not like the worst like cd-rom sort of tickles the clown type shit like that you would see this is actually like more like early 2000s to mid 2000s cgi so it's you know it's not so bad so i will say the dinosaurs actually look good in this movie so that does help uh this movie a lot i will say the the first First half of this movie, though, man, is a real chore to get through because just there's like nothing interesting happening. It's just like really poor actors. Um, you know, the women are attractive, but they're not very good actors. So they're just kind of walking around with this guy who looks like Willy Wonka in a completely empty prison while he just sort of explains stuff for like 40 minutes about like what they're doing with the dinosaurs. And you see a CGI dinosaur once in a while behind the prison behind the uh the jail cell but uh, it's just like really fucking boring but i will say once we actually get to the breakout which is you know about 50 minutes 45 50 minutes in the movie and the movie is only like an hour and 10 minutes so um you know the last half hour does get pretty entertaining once they finally do break out you know there's actually like pretty fun stuff here uh, there's like a guy who sword catches on fire and he fights an invisible dinosaur which was actually pretty cool um i found that to be probably one of the most entertaining scenes and yeah there's just some like there is fun to be had in this movie i will say that like i actually ended up enjoying it a lot more than i thought i was going to so is it a movie i would recommend absolutely not but as far as a punishment movie he could have did a lot worse it actually had some enjoyable moments so i would say if you're gonna watch it like just fast forward to the last half hour and you you know you actually have a decent movie there so i gave it one and a half out of five i think had they actually didn't play it so serious because like there's no like they play this movie fucking like as serious as a heart attack like like had they actually like sort of went into the sort of absurdity of the plot and everything and kind of did sort of a fun b-movie style with this it probably would have been higher i might even made it like a two and a half out of five or something like that but as it stands one and a half out of five wouldn't would not recommend
0: that's yeah, the wild one Let
1: me <laughs> yeah i mean yeah it gets pretty wild and then did i say oh better watch out i didn't even mention uh four out of five on that one definitely mm-hmm. so yeah. that's a good one All right, my last
0: one this week is, uh, of course, another 2023 film. I watched this one on Paramount Plus, and is Ari Oster's Bo Is Afraid. This was one that's been on my radar since it came out. It's one I really felt I needed to watch for my top 10 list. And it's three hours long, so do know that going into it. Holy shit, where do I even start with this one? This is a wild wild ride the basic story of it and i would i probably won't do it justice because it's really all over the place is uh, joaquin phoenix plays this guy named bo and he suffers from some kind of mental illness that's related to anxiety you're not quite sure exactly what it is but you're kind of on this adventure with him as he just sees the world in a different way that other people do. He sees the world as a darker place. He sees the world uh, more fucked up. He imagines things, but some things are real. You don't know what's real. You don't know what's fake. It's it's quite the adventure of a movie because you never know what it's what's his imagination and what's real. And discovering uh, what that is is kind of the brilliance of this movie. I think Joaquin Phoenix really one of the best actors of our time. I would say absolutely a powerhouse performance here if it wasn't for like someone like him being as beau this would be probably a massive fail but he's so good at what he does that you want to keep watching him going through this kind of adventure so it's really broken into three parts i would say hour one is a wild ride it's probably the most horror of the uh three hours there's a lot of shit going on it's really him dealing with his anxiety as he's in his apartment, but he needs to take a flight to go see his mom. He's uh, seemingly very much of a mama's boy, and it's just him kind of imagining things, trying to justify himself going to the airport to uh, catch a flight to see his mom. And it's a, it's crazy. And honestly, the first hour is absolute masterpiece, brilliant. Uh, I, I loved every minute of that first hour. Second hour, it goes into a really different kind of more dreamlike thing that he goes into, and it's very hard to describe. I won't even attempt it, but it goes into kind of backstory and really delves deeper into his mind. And finally, act three, it kind of brings things together. The two plots, like what exactly was real this whole time, what wasn't, why it wasn't. Uh, He sees some things that, wow, like I can't believe that's what Ari Aster decided to put uh, in the movie it's I don't even want to spoil it it's 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 wild shit that's all I'm gonna say the movie's very interesting it's one I think I have to rewatch at some point it's one I think we might even should review at some point because we can go deep on this one like I I would almost say we'd almost have to do an episode of just this you know like just drop all the other fucking segments that episode because there's so much to this movie it's I couldn't catch it all in one one sitting but at three hours man you feel the time at at one point I was starting to check my clock and it's just too goddamn long you know I wish it was condensed into two hours but I'm sure there's a lot of hidden meaning double entendres clever clues as to what's really going on I mean Ari is kind of the master at this so I liked it a lot I didn't love it as of right now maybe and this is true to all Ari Aster's films maybe in a week I'll feel differently because it's the type he's the type of director that his shit just like stays in your head and you keep thinking about it and you keep like making theories in your mind it's it's really interesting the way he does his films I felt that way with Hereditary I felt that way with Midsommar and I feel that way I think with this one I only watched it yesterday but as it stands right now a day after watching it I gave it a three out of five just because it's way too long. It gets really too weird in the second half. So worth watching, probably worth reviewing, but and it's too bad. It actually lost this episode by one vote, which I'm kind of bummed out about now in retrospect. But anyway, Bo's Afraid, three out of five stars. I watched over on Paramount Plus.
1: Is it horror enough? Should I watch it before the year ends? I, I think so. I think it's horror okay. enough.
0: Like there's there's definitely some horror elements in here that would make it qualify as horror it's horror like Midsommar was kind of horror you know it's not yeah super overtly horror it's just right there's very horrific themes that happen throughout the movie
1: yeah that's one I definitely want to check out because I feel like if anything's going to make my top 10 yeah. at this point that is maybe one that would sneak in I'm very interested though to hear your thoughts on Godzilla once you mm. finally go and see it I just want to know if it's I mean it is a creature feature right so I feel it like is. it should be on a horror list but you know I don't know. Yeah, Bowes afraid sort of Kong versus Godzilla, where it's more actiony. I don't know. We'll see.
0: Yeah, Bose afraid and Godzilla were the two I really wanted to see before I made my list, just mm-hmm. because I thought they could be contenders. Bo's not making it right now. We'll see about Godzilla. So I'm curious because I, I
1: I still don't feel great about my list and mm-hmm. I'm bummed out about it. You know, it's like I'm trying. Yeah. Alrighty then. Very good. So I guess uh, so. Once again, no trivia tonight. So a bit of a shortened episode due to Todd's illness but once again year end or next year we are excited but let's get into it our main event of the evening based on your votes this one won pet cemetery bloodlines from 2023 you can catch this one currently streaming over on paramount plus directed by Lindsay anderson beer starring henry thomas David Duchovny, Samantha Mathis, Pam Greer, Jackson White, and Natalie Allen Lynn. So pretty solid cast there, actually. Plot synopsis, in 1969, a young Judd Crandall and his childhood friends band together to confront an ancient evil that has gripped their hometown of Ludlow. Steve, would you like to add a little more to that? I personally was a little confused about this plot line. So maybe you can Um, give me something. (laughs) The
0: the gist of the story, as far as I understood it, is... So Judd is about to join the Peace Corps. And uh, one of his best friends just came back from Vietnam. And he seems to have some kind of severe PTSD. But some of the residents of the town realized that that is not what PTSD looks like. That looks like someone... Use the fucking pet cemetery like they weren't supposed to because there's a committee that kind of oversees the town that makes sure that people don't use the pet cemetery for it to do exactly that. Uh, David Duchovny is the father who would have seemingly brought back Timmy, I think is his name, uh, the the guy who just came back from Vietnam who I guess had been killed or committed suicide. I'm not sure how he got the body. They didn't really explain it, and he buried him in pet cemetery. So the rest of the story is uh, them essentially trying to stop Timmy before you know he starts killing too many people and that's kind of really all this movie is is them stopping timmy and making sure that nobody else is, uses the pet cemetery which is kind of anyway i'll let you give your thoughts first uh on this one
1: yeah i think your description kind of explains a lot of issues with this movie is that i i just feel like they didn't convey a great story here and it's very at times convoluted yeah over i mean i'm not gonna share code it i i hated this movie i really did i found it to be a real fucking bore it was yeah i found it a real chore to get through and with a with a cast as good as this i mean i think this is a perfect example of you can have a great cast but if you don't have a good story man you're not gonna have a good movie i mean the cast is good here too like henry thomas is the dad you know is great daniel dukovny is sort of the the creepy neighbor does a solid job Pam greer of all people in here too i mean great cast but man the story is just so lacking it's just very just feels generic and one of my biggest issues is this is like a pet cemetery origin story but they introduce stuff and rules that like wasn't introduced in any of the other pet cemetery movies that just didn't make sense to me, like uh, shooting them in the eyes, which was never a fucking thing in any of the other Pet Cemetery movies. Judd doesn't even mention that in the original Pet Cemetery, which is something you think he would have mentioned considering it was a big plot point in this movie of like how you're supposed to defeat these things. Also, like, they seem to, m- to be more like zombies than anything in this movie, which I guess they're sort of supposed to be zombies, but really they're just supposed to be these evil sort of, you know, Native American, like, demons that are brought back, right? Because they're they're buried in this Native American burial ground. And the things that come back is supposed to be, right, this sort of ancient evil that comes out. But, like, in this one, they kind of become, like, like they feast on flesh and body parts and stuff. I mean that was not really a plot point in any of the other pet cemetery movies. They're just supposed to be these beings that come back but are just pure evil, like demon-like, which did not is not what they did in this movie. Um so are we to believe that the origins like changed? Like no, like it just made no fucking sense. So yeah, I mean I can go into a lot more. I mean I had a lot of issue a lot more issues but overall like I I just really disliked this movie.
0: Yeah, uh, so I'm actually the one who picked it for uh the vote but based only off the fact that it's a pet cemetery movie and nobody talked about it when it came out. So I was just curious. It was on my list anyway. Uh, I quite honestly did not think it would win. <laughs> I was kind of surprised that it did. And I'm kind of sad about it now because the other two movies are fucking like way better to discuss. But it is with this. So we're here to discuss it. So we will. So my issue with it, and I didn't like it either, just for the record. Uh, I thought it was also boring and confusing and a waste of a film. You know, a waste of the Pet Cemetery name. So this, what attracted me to this movie to begin with is to get Judd's backstory. And to see kind of Judd's story play out, because he does mention this story in Pet Cemetery in the first movie. But quite honestly, I don't feel like this was Judd's film. I thought the better film was from the and Americans called the Native American uh, people in the town. We, we call them indigenous in Canada. So there's a brother and sister who live there. And they're one of the brothers. Also part of the friend group with Timmy, Judd, and this guy, and they had a better story of like, you know, what's going on with the pet cemetery and kind of the way they assess the situation. They're more of it of a this is a shithole town. We need to get out of it uh, kind of story. Whereas Judd's story is that he wants to join the Peace Corps, and the reason he hasn't been drafted is because his dad made some kind of deal where he paid off for him not to be drafted. And that's what Timmy and David Duchovny's character are kind of pissed off about, is that they feel his privilege kept him out of the draft, and he's jealous that his son went to war and became you know so fucked up, and uh, Judd didn't. So that's kind of, you know, there, there's a lot of themes that they could have gone with that just it didn't go anywhere, uh, you know, anywhere interesting. Because in the end, it was just Timmy, almost as a slasher, which didn't really even feel that zombified. And you said they were kind of zombies. He just felt like a angry person. Yeah. I, he didn't it didn't feel like the resurrections from the other Pet Cemetery movies. It just felt like he was just an angry dude killing people. And that that was a problem to me.
1: Yeah, no, b- b- big time. Um man, like there's just like well, first of all, there's no pets in this movie, like whatsoever. There, there is, well, there's a the dog. dog, right? There's the dog. We get the dog bite, I guess. Yeah. But the, I don't know. Like, there wasn't enough, like, people that came back. I guess, like, it was really just Timmy, right? And I guess the girl, right? the uh, The girl comes back at one point too. The sister. The man, yeah. like, I, I don't know. There, yeah, the sister. But I just feel like, man, it was, like, the first, like, hour of this movie, just, like, nothing interesting really happens. It's just, like, one scene after the other where they're going back and forth. And sadly enough, man, like, you mentioned it, like, the Judd backstory he explains in the original Pet Cemetery was a better movie than this whole movie. Like, him explaining and them showing those scenes and like, that three-minute scene, it was... It was great and fucking creepy. There isn't one moment of this movie where I felt creeped out, where I felt there was like anything remotely scary really happening besides, I guess, and I will say the best part of this movie is the hospital scene when the girl comes back. I thought that was great. Her kind of like wiping off the skin and her skin kind of falls off thought that was cool and then her sort of attacking the nurses and stuff that really is the only to me the only memorable part of this entire movie i mean was there anything else for you steve or well also (laughs)
0: to the ripping off the skin with the worst CGI ever. Yeah, bad (laughs) CGI. Oh my God, it was bad. (laughs) It looked so fake. It was like hard to watch. But that goes back to my saying that it was the Native American slash indigenous people who had the best story because when the sister comes back, she actually looked like she was a little bit zombified and more of a monster like the Pet Cemetery. because one of the, what should be really the biggest element in this film is the fact that there's a cemetery that you bury people and they come back to life and it felt so underutilized like you they never really go to the pet cemetery. You're in a pet cemetery in the very first scene of the movie and you see it like I think one or two other times but it doesn't actually play that big of a part in the film. You know what made the original pet cemetery movie so brilliant is you felt, you know, the the dad's like feeling to getting Gage back, you know, like because it was an accident and he felt so awful about it and then he does kind of the same thing with his wife. And It's just, you know, you just you felt it. And church, same thing. You know, you kind of like the pet cemetery was actually an, a big element of that film. In this one, it wasn't. It was just kind of used to bring back Timmy. And then, you know, like the dog, we don't even see him getting buried. All we see is Timmy grab it from because <laughs> he like immediately spra- sprouts out, which is another thing that doesn't happen in the other pet cemeteries. Like he buried him for like four seconds and then immediately his arm comes out of the pet cemetery and is a zombie. And I, I presume he kills the dog. So then did Timmy and the dad bury the dog like after together, like a father son bonding experience. I, it's, it's weird. There's, there's a lot of weird things in here. And also for the amount of references they have to the original Pet Cemetery, you know, they constantly show that there are trucks that are super dangerous on that road and things like that. The way that the dad and Timmy die is nothing like, judd explains in the original movie they're burnt to death in the original movie in this one you know they do the whole kind of eye shooting thing and it's just there's a lot of problems with the movie (laughs) just and it's boring every like everything we're not describing is just nothing happening just them going from place to place chatting and not a whole lot more
1: yeah and it's you're right like why change judd's story from the original movie like you're you're making a prequel, right, that's supposed to be about young Judd, that, but then you completely changed the story he described in that original movie and I assume book he gives a similar story as well. So why change it? Like, what was the reasoning? It's like almost like they didn't watch or read the original material and just went off their own sort of... Thing here, um, it's a really peculiar choice. I also got to mention too, like this has like made-for-TV movie, like written all over it. It just feels, it, despite having a great cast, it does feel rather cheap, and co- it really does feel like a cash grab. But who who also like asked for this? Like no one, right? Like like no one was asking for a movie this type, this movie. So it, it's just like a peculiar, uh, pe- really peculiar choice as well. To sort of even make this, especially like after how poorly, I mean, I don't know. This is a, this is a great question actually. I mean, did you enjoy this more than the remake? Because the remake was pretty bad in its own right. But I I think I like the remake, you know, better than than this.
0: Yeah, I definitely like the remake better than this. I mean, I'm not saying it was a great movie, but I I liked it more in this because it was it felt like a pet cemetery movie, at the very least. And the fact that they filmed at my college was also cool because a lot of the locations I I, I knew really well. There's just, yeah, no, I don't know who asked for this. You know, it's just one of those things like, hey, we haven't had a Pet cemetery movie in six years. I don't know, whenever the last one came out, maybe five. I, I'm not really sure. And I will say this movie could have been a lot worse. You know, and I think one of the big reasons that it's not a lower score for me is the guy who plays Timmy is fucking amazing at playing Timmy. Really, really good actor and you felt his pain you felt his ptsd had that been played by a lesser actor oh my god this movie would have had like almost nothing going for it so that's a that's a whole other kind of issue with this movie is that the character? it's really comes down to the writing and directing i think in this one like you said the the, the actors are really good and they did the best with this kind of screenplay that they got it was, it was just a such a weird movie you know just overall I don't know there's some decisions like you see the priest being wasted at one point so they go to the church and they're looking for a priest and he's like on one of the pews fucking just drinking his ass off he's wasted to hell it serves zero point to the to the film there's zero purpose for that scene it's it's almost like put in there for humor but it wasn't funny I don't don't know it's it's a weird movie
1: yeah, and Judd also is like such a lovable character in the original movie, but like I just feel like there's none of that charm here, like at all. He's just such a different person. Which you, of course you do, right? You change, the older you get, the more you, you you change and whatnot. But I don't know. I just I just didn't get Judd vibes at all in this. I think it comes down to they completely neglected any part of the Pet Cemetery, like like series, like completely changed and everything. To, to do with the pet cemetery like lure like it's just really bizarre I, I don't know what they were thinking i don't know who the fuck wrote this actually it was the director all right so the director and the writers there's a couple other writers too but Lindsay anderson beer the director uh and she's listed as the lead writer as well here so i i don't know i i, I would love she's one actually i think i'd want to interview and just kind of know like where did you come up with this story? Like, why did you deviate so much from what we came to learn from that original source material? It's just a really bizarre choice. And it's ultimately what absolutely sinks this movie at the end of the day. Now you get anything else, Steve, I don't really have I, much I, else to say. There's it, not much in it. It's honestly a bore for the most part.
0: It, it is. Uh, <laughs> I, I think what I, like I knew was Judd's backstory. But if you're going to make a pet cemetery film, if, and you're going to call it pet cemetery bloodlines, I would have liked it to be kind of what Prey was to the Predator franchise. Like, I'd love to see the origins of the pet cemetery. Like, what, why did they build it? Why is it there? What was the purpose? Like, that's kind of what I'd like to know. You know, show the indigenous and the Native American people building it. And there must have been some fucked up shit happening back then that would have caused. This to happen, and they don't delve into any lore really. In this, they just like you said, they invent these new things which are neither in the movies or the books. So, why, you know, if I don't know, there's just it was just poorly conceived from the get go. I, I don't know what happened here. Uh, maybe this is one that the studio is just like, you need to make one, you have you know, two weeks to write it, and let's get into it. It could have been a rights issue, you know, Paramount loses the rights if they don't film it by a certain date you know there's a lot of weird stuff in Hollywood that it could be but as it stands it's not a good movie
1: no not at all yeah I mean I think that would have been the more interesting movie like how you described it like sit going all the way back sort of and following the indigenous mm-hmm people and stuff like that i mean that probably would have been cooler i just feel like what they gave us was just rather generic too right like oh like the families all like have this like secret that they bonded together like i've heard that fucking plot line like so many in so many different movies like and stuff like that i mean just just recently actually what like dark harvest like had like a similar sort of plot line to it as well and it's just like okay like it's so generic and at the end of the day that's what this movie is like as as far as like you know pet cemeteries goes this is about as generic as generic gets i mean i think the worst of all the pet cemetery movies so far right i mean because what do we have we have pet cemetery pet cemetery two and then the remake and then this i think so am i, I missing one <laughs> I, I, think I think that's that, all though i'll I look think quickly that's it. but i'm
0: pretty sure that's yeah i think that's the whole let's see we got bloodline cemetery cemetery two
1: that's it yep yeah so this is being the fourth movie i don't know it's just like after the remake came out like i just feel like okay maybe like take a break but then they for whatever reason decided to just drop this out of nowhere and i think you're right i think it could be like a sort of okay we're gonna lose the rights, so we have to make a movie or something i mean that's what it did really feel like at the end of the day it's just the choices that were made were just uh, i just don't get them (laughs) i just don't it's but the eye thing really fucking pisses me off (laughs) because that is just introducing for it to introduce that into an origin movie. It just, it's such a fucking huge plot hole. And the fact that it was, you just compl- like, I don't know. It's just that really pisses me off. And to completely, I don't know what pissed me off worse actually now. Like that or completely changing Judd's story from the original source material. It's just really fucking head scratching shit. But I don't think, and something I don't know if we'll ever get an answer to. Maybe the director has some answers on YouTube interviews or something. I'll have to look, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. It's it's yeah, It's <laughs>
0: definitely, it's it's just too plain and generic. You know, it is what it is.
1: It, <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, I think that's it, right, Steve? Yeah. Not our it. best review, guys. We didn't have much to go off of. So thank you for picking this one, <laughs> yeah. guys.
0: <laughs> but how, you, know, you never know like i was interested in it too because it, yeah no i was yeah i mean i be... get it
1: i mean yeah it's a pet cemetery movie right so i, I mean i'm glad i watched it i guess because it's a pet pet cemetery movie but as it stands this is one of my least favorite ones i've watched this year honestly i mean as far as like mainstream stuff goes This is one of the weakest. I give it a one and a half out of five. I really did not get any enjoyment out of watching this like whatsoever. It is just so incredibly weak to me. So generic. And the fact that they completely negate the Pet Cemetery sort of mythology, once again, just absolute unforgivable. So yeah, one and a half out of five for me.
0: And I gave two out of five. So a little bit higher just because the acting was really good. I like the whole small town aspect to it. And uh, there was some good stuff I liked about it, but uh, the majority of it, I came out disappointed and just kind of like, eh. <laughs> you yeah, know, it's, it's if, I, if we weren't reviewing it, it wouldn't one that would have come and gone. And I would have forgotten about it the next day, you know? So I wouldn't have put this much thought into a lot of the stuff into it. So yeah. Two out of five.
1: If I watched this like earlier in like last week and not just, this morning, I probably would have forgotten most of everything. And I would it would the conversation we had about it probably would have been worse, honestly. Um, but luckily that this is yeah, I mean, this is gonna be a movie I completely forget about in, in a week. I mean, it's just unfortunately. So yeah, that's it for Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. I know Todd did not like it either. He over on his letterboxd, gave it a two. Out of five, and his thoughts were: was bored out of my mind for the first hour or so, but it did pick up at the end. Overall, a miss, but I do think the actor that played Timmy gave a really strong performance. He portrayed being fucked up slash dead very well. So there you go. I think so. Yeah, kind of uh, on the lines of with you, Steve. There, uh, like Timmy's performance. Like I mean, if this movie had all no name actors in it, like. Man, this movie could have been like a half star to a star movie. Thank God they actually got some good actors in this to bring it up a little bit and make it at least tolerable to watch. But that's going to be it, guys, for this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed our review of Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. Thank you once again for voting for it. Well... Just thank you for voting, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for voting and always (laughs) contributing to the podcast. We do appreciate that part (laughs) of it. In the meantime, you can keep up with the podcast. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Threads. We are on all the social medias. Maybe a TikTok this for next year. That might be my goal for 2024 to get us over on TikTok as well. But in the meantime, keep up with us on those social medias. The Horror Squad Podcast. You can email us anytime the horror squad podcast at gmail.com. And of course the best way is our discord. It is linked over on our Instagram, or you can send us a DM or email and we will send you a link to get over on our discord stuff going on all the time. We have movie club, of course, coming up this, the day this episode releases this Friday, Steve puts out the link over on discord and um, it's just an open video thread, right? Like everyone can talk. It's sort of like a zoom meeting, So yeah, it's a a really fun time. We are doing what movie, Steve? Shingles, the movie, and Hell 3. All right, so if you want to watch some fun B-movies, those are the kind you want to watch with a group. Get on over and join the movie club for this month. Uh, Don't forget, important dates. The official Horror Squad meetup, June 7th through the 9th in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. And October 11th through the 13th in Salem, Massachusetts, our Hocus Pocus event. We hope you can make it out to either one of those events. Also, please, if you haven't already, leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. We would really appreciate that. And if you want to represent the pod in in uh, the best way, by merch. We have everything. Sweaters, t-shirts, pillows, everything. Coffee mugs whole bunch of fun stuff over there we got a bunch of fun designs uh tpublic.com uh the horror squad podcast it is linked as well over on our instagram so yeah that is it guys we'll see you next week for our year ender don't forget send in those top 10 lists to us for our master list and we'll see you guys next year once again have a happy new year please celebrate responsibly and be safe and we'll see you guys for our year-ender next week. See ya. All right. the bottom of the truth well sometimes that is better the person you put up there ain't the person that comes back it may look like that person but it ain't that person because whatever lives in the ground beyond that cemetery ain't human at all (laughs)